Chapter Thirty of Nobody's Man by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Thirty. We have achieved a triumph, Jane declared, when the last of the servants had disappeared and the little party of four were left to their own devices. We have sat through the whole of dinner and not once mentioned politics. You made us forget them, Tallente murmured a left-handed compliment jane laughed you should pay your tribute to my cook mr dartrey i have told you all about my farms and your wife has explained all that i could not understand of her last article in the national now i am going to seek for further enlightenment tell me why the publication of an article written years ago is likely to affect mr tallente's present position so much because dartrey explained it is an attack upon the most sensitive the most difficult in the section of our party furthest removed from us the great trades unions some years ago lady jane since the war one of our shrewdest thinkers declared that the greatest danger overshadowing this country was the power wielded by the representatives of these various unions a power which amounted almost to a dictatorship we have drawn them into our party through detaching the units we have never been able to capture them as a whole even today their leaders are in a curiously anomalous position they see their power going in the dawn of a more socialistic age they cannot refuse to accept our principles but in their hearts they know that our triumph sounds the death knell to their power this article of talents would give them a wonderful chance out of very desperation they will seize upon it have you read the article jane inquired this evening just before i came dartrey replied gravely i can understand tallente intervened that you feel bound to take this seriously dartrey but after all there is nothing traitorous to our cause in what i wrote I attacked the trades unions for their colossal and fiendish selfishness when the empire was tottering. I would do it again under the same circumstances. Remember, I was fresh from Ypres. I had seen Englishmen, not soldiers, but just hastily trained citizens, bakers, commercial travelers, clerks, small tradesmen, butchered like rabbits, but fighting for their country, dying for it. And all the time those blackguardly stump orators at home turned their backs to france and thought the time opportune to wrangle for a rise in wages and bring the country to the very verge of a universal strike it didn't come off i know but there were very few people who really understood how near we were to it dartrey we sacrificed too much of our real feelings to political necessity i won't apologize for my article i'll defend it Dartrey sighed. It will be a difficult task, Tallente. The spirit has gone. People have forgotten already the danger which we so narrowly escaped, forgotten before the grass has grown on the graves of our saviors. Still, you wouldn't have Mr. Tallente give in without a struggle, Jane asked. I hope that Tallente will fight, Dartrey replied, but I must warn you, Lady Jane, that I am the guardian of a cause and for that reason i am an opportunist if the division of our party which consists of the trades unionists 
refuses to listen to any explanation and threatens severance if talent remains then he will have to go so far as your personal view is concerned talent asked you could do without miller couldn't you i could thrive without him dartrey declared heartily then you shall talent asserted we'll show the world what his local trades unionism stands for he has belittled the whole principle of cooperation he twangs all the time one brazen chord instead of seeking to give expression to the clear voices of the millions miller would impoverish the country with his accursed limited production his threatened strikes his parochial outlook englishmen are brimful of common sense dartrey if you know where to dig for it we'll materialize your own dream we'll bring the principles of socialism into our human and daily life and those octopus trades unions shall feel the night jane laid her hand for a moment upon his arm why aren't you oftener enthusiastic he glanced at her swiftly their eyes met fearlessly she held his fingers for a moment a long wonderful moment i was getting past enthusiasms he said i was dropping into the dry as dust school the argumentative logical cold ineffectual school the last few months have changed that i feel young again if darcher will give me a free hand i'll deliver up to him miller's bones dartrey had come to the dinner in an uncertain frame of mind no one knew better than he the sinister power behind miller yet before talent had finished speaking he had made up his mind i'll stand by you talent he declared even if it puts us back a year or so miller carries with him always an atmosphere of unwholesome things he has got the bolshevist filth in his blood and i don't trust him no one trusts him he shall take his following where he will and if we are not strong enough to rule without them we'll wait it was a compact of curious importance which the two men sealed impulsively with a grip of the hands across the table and down at woolhanger through some dreary months it was jane's greatest pleasure to remember that it was at her table it had been made talent seeking about for some excuse to remain for a few moments after the departure of the dartrys was relieved of all anxiety by jane's calm and dignified remark i can't part with you just yet mr talent she said you are not in a hurry i hope and you are so close to your rooms that the matter of taxis need not worry you and mr dartrey next time you come down to my county you must bring your wife over to see me woolhanger is so typically devonshire i really think you would be interested i shall make stephen bring me in the spring nora promised i shall never forget how fascinated we were with the whole place this last summer don't forget that you are coming to the house with me tomorrow afternoon jane smiled i am looking forward to it she declared the only annoying part is that that stupid man won't promise to speak i shall have so much to say within the next week or so talent observed a little grimly that i think i had better keep quiet as long as i can the moment for which talent had been longing came then the front door closed behind the departing guests jane motioned to him to come and sit by her side on the couch i love your friends she said i think mrs dartrey is perfectly sweet and dartrey is just as wonderful as i had pictured him they are so strangely unusual 
she went on i can scarcely believe even now that our dinner actually took place in my little room here stephen dartrey the man i have read about all my life and this brilliant young wife of his thank you so much dear friend for bringing them and thank you dear perfect hostess he answered do you know what you did you created an atmosphere in which it was possible to think and talk and see things clearly do you realize what has happened dartrey has done a great thing he has thrown over the one menacing power in the advancing cause of the people he is going to back me against miller what exactly is miller's position she asked let me tell you another time he begged i have looked forward so to these few minutes with you tell me how much time you are going to spare me this next week she looked at him with the slight indulgent smile of a woman realizing and glad to realize her power to talent she had never seemed more utterly and entirely desirable it was not for him to know that a french modiste had woven all the cunning and diablerie of the sex lure into the elegance shape the apparent simplicity of the black velvet which draped her limbs in some mysterious way the same spirit seemed to have entered into jane herself the evening had been one of unalloyed pleasure she felt the charm of her companion more than ever before the pleasant light in her eyes the courteous half-mocking phrases with which as a rule she fenced herself about in those moments when he sought to draw her closer to him were gone her eyes were as bright as ever but softer her mouth was firm yet somehow with a faint womanly voluptuousness in its sweet curves the fingers which lay unresistingly in his hand were soft and warm as much time as you can spare she promised him i thought though that you would be busy tearing miller bone from bone the game of politics is played slowly he answered sometimes so slowly that one chafes dear jane i want to see you all the time so much of what is best in me best and most effective comes from you if i can help i am proud she whispered you help me more than you will ever know more than my lips can tell you it is you who have lit the lamp again in my life you from whom come the fire and strength which make me feel that i shall triumph that i shall achieve the one thing i have set my heart upon the one thing she murmured rashly the one thing outside he answered the desire of my brain the desire of my heart is here she lay in his arms her lips moved to his and the moments passed uncounted then with a queer little cry she stood up covered her face for a moment with her hands and then held them both out to him dear man she begged dearest of all men will you go now to-morrow whenever you have time let your servant ring up i will free myself from any engagement but please he kissed her fingers and passed out with a murmured word he knew so little of women and yet some wonderful instinct kept him always in the right path perhaps too he feared speech himself lest the ecstasy of those few moments might be broken End of chapter thirty